You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. DJ And with that, Browns fans, I hope your hands went up, probably a little exasperated why I would play a song called All I Do Is Win by DJ Khalid, and that is because I am a little bit sarcastic today. So welcome into this Locked on Browns podcast. I'm your host, Jared K. Mueller. You can get me on Twitter at that name. It's at Jared K. Mueller. Thanks for stopping in on this Monday after another loss. After a loss that has many people talking, as they have most of the year, uh, after the Browns lose, conversations about Sashi Brown and Hugh Jackson and player buy-in and the decision to not re-sign Mitchell Schwartz and not re-sign Alex Mack and not bring in this player and not bring in that player. And the plan is failing. The plan is actually going according to plan. The Browns, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, the Browns had a plan in place. They had a plan when it came to Mitchell Schwartz. They had a plan when it came to free agency. And you know what? Mitchell Schwartz's agent tried to use the Browns to get more money. And then didn't get more money. If you don't remember back to that, Mitchell Schwartz was offered a contract, was given basically a normal deadline for that contract, and tried to use it to shop around. And when he didn't respond, when the Browns expected him to, they pulled the offer. They were not going to be played. They were not going to be used like they've been used in the past. For me, while I hate the idea that Mitchell Schwartz is no longer the Browns' right tackle, I applaud the Browns for deciding to act like a professional organization act like an organization that believed in itself and was not going to be used moving forward. Then, obviously, Alex Mack decided to move on, which is fine. Mack wanted out of Cleveland for a variety of reasons, all very reasonable, all some of the same reasons many Browns fans want to trade Joe Thomas for Joe's sake, because they want to see Joe get to play someplace where winning actually matters. And so for some of those same reasons, Alex Mack wanted out of Cleveland, but was actually willing to come back if Mitchell Schwartz came back. That didn't work out, and he kind of moved on. Listen, Schwartz and Mack are both very, very good players. But if we're being really honest, they're not perfect fits in Hugh Jackson's offense. Again, very good players. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz's age uh, and the fact that he really could play uh, a little bit more than Alex Mack in Hugh Jackson's system makes him a little bit more of a difficult uh, loss than Mac, who is um, already kind of on his downside of his career or the backside of his career. And so Mac moved on. Schwartz's agent tried to play a game with the Browns, and the Browns have too much respect for themselves. Again, I respect that. Do I like the decision? No. But a team has to define itself. It has to define its identity. I can tell you that uh, Schwartz's agent, whether he'll deal with the Browns or not in the future, knows what to expect from the Browns, and so do other agents. I know that for a fact. Other agents know that they can't play games with the Browns, that they just need to come straight forward. The Browns aren't going to play around. 
The Browns will give them a normal amount of time to make a decision, and then the Browns are going to move on. And so that be, has become the conversation after Joe Thomas, Terrell Pryor, made some comments after the game about protecting the quarterback. And listen, I understand the quarterback play and the quarterback's getting hit and hurt. Again, Cody Kessler looks like he'll be out this week at least with a concussion. Josh McCown will be starting. Robert Griffin III is not yet ready, according to Hugh Jackson. So I get that concern. And the players understand. See, I don't think the players are really calling out the team the way maybe you think the players are calling out the team. To some extent, obviously having Alex Mack and Mitchell Schwartz, Mitchell Schwartz would be better for the team. That's obvious. They're better players. But I think the one area that maybe is getting overlooked is the fact that Hugh Jackson is throwing the ball far, far too often. While the run game wasn't working great against the Steelers uh, in the 24-9 loss, the reality was is Jackson didn't give it an opportunity. And so if we start with the possible complaint of not running the ball enough, total of 10 runs between Duke and Isaiah Crowell, um, Cody Kessler had a scramble, Josh McCown had two. If you put those combined to 13 carries, really it's only 10. Compared to 41 passes between Cody Kessler and Josh McCown, if we're talking about not protecting the quarterback and and creating issues for a suspect offensive line, it starts with not running the ball enough. For an offensive line, listen, Cameron Irving and Austin Pastor, they have had their issues this year where they haven't had as many issues and at some level have been very good is when the Browns are running the ball. They are good moving forward Strugglesome moving backwards. And yet, Hugh Jackson had them moving backwards. If we count the three scrambles from the quarterbacks, had them moving backwards 44 times compared to 10 runs. That doesn't make sense to me. And when Joe Thomas and Terrell Pryor are talking, I wonder if it doesn't make sense to them either. The other part of the game plan that doesn't make sense. Uh, when it comes to protecting the quarterback, is the type of routes that are run offensively. So behind a suspect offensive line, you have deep route after deep route. You have a long developing route after long developing route. On third and medium, you have four guys going deep, no one underneath, because you have to keep someone in the block. I think there's more concern from the Browns players in the play calling, lack of running game, lack of kind of check options for the quarterback to get the ball out of his hands quickly, then there really is about the decision-making from the front office with Schwartz and Mack. It all comes together for the players, for Joe Thomas, who has been kind of the best soldier you could ever imagine, given everything that the Browns have done or not done with him. For him to show frustration says there's a lot going on there. But to just make assumptions that it's about the rebuild is a little strong. And it's a little assuming by us in the media, fans, whoever. There is issues there. But the Browns have to figure it out. Hugh Jackson has to figure it out. He has to figure out how to run the ball in a way that gets his offensive line moving forward. 
that it protects his quarterback. He has to figure out how to have routes going on that create openings for the wide receivers to be open quickly while also having the opportunity sometimes down the field. If not, Cody Kessler and Josh McCown, who already hold the ball too long, are going to sit back there. They're going to get hit, and it's going to look bad to everyone involved. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. So not surprising today, um, the talk of the quarterback position is, again, front and center. It is strong. Chris Spielman, a part of, I guess, an NFL insider, uh, told Bull and Fox that A.J. McCarron could be a possibility for the Browns, whether through a trade with the Bengals or in free agency in 2018. A.J. McCarron? I'd rather roll with Cody Kessler because he's not going to cost any money. The problem with backup quarterbacks is there are very few examples of a backup quarterback coming out from behind the shadows of of a player he's been behind for a few years and actually showing well. McCarron didn't show much when he played last year. He showed enough to show that he could be competent, but competence isn't what you're really looking for at that position. I think Cody Kessler's shown he can be at least competent. Just think if he only had to come in for one game where there was no tape on him, where the defense couldn't kind of gear up for him. I think he would look okay, too. You know, the Matt Flynn's of the world, the Matt Castle's of the world, uh, Ryan Mallett. There's a number of Matt Schaub. There's a number of quarterbacks who you could look back and say, hey, they looked okay in their short amount of time. I have no interest in A.J. McCarron. None. And I don't think the Browns should either. Whether Hugh Jackson likes him or not, the cost of an A.J. McCarron-type player is going to be far more than worth. The same question is going to happen when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a backup quarterback. He's been with the Patriots since being drafted in the second round. He is supposedly the heir apparent to Tom Brady, but Brady plans on playing for a few more years. Should the Browns go after him? I don't know. He looked fine starting out this year for New England. But do they know enough to invest not only what it would take to trade for him, which could be pretty high, but as well as another contract? Right, Because there's what we're talking about, assets in two ends. Drafted Deshaun Watson to Deshaun Kaiser, a Mitch Trubisky, a Mason Rudolph, any of those guys, and they're going to cost you the draft pick. Maybe a draft pick that Garoppolo would cost you. One of them might even cost you the lower draft pick that an A.J. McCarron would cost you, but they won't cost you this huge contract. Those big contracts are what can be the death knell to the development of a team. Andy Dalton. Colin Kaepernick, Brock Osweiler, maybe even Kirk Cousins. Those are the type of quarterbacks who, while they show something, they're not good enough. 
and can cause a significant step back at some point in time in your team. The Bengals are a great example of that this year. Used to have the best roster in the league. Now they're 3-6-1. and one. Three games ahead of the Browns. 3-6-1 and one for a team that used to have the best roster in the league. See, there's supposed to be this kind of transitional process with a young quarterback whose team kind of develops with them. They all kind of blossom at once. And then their window stays open because the quarterback is so good that he can make up for the fact that some of those players are just going to leave in free agency. See, Andy Dalton never blossomed as far as he needed to with a great roster. And then that roster got kind of pared down in free agency. And Andy Dalton is not good enough to keep it afloat. We've seen it with a number of quarterbacks over the years. That general trajectory makes a lot of sense when you have a talented quarterback to build around. But you have to do it right. Tennessee Titans are doing it right now with Marcus Mariota. He's developed. He's developing slowly. They're bringing talent around him. He's not even close to peaking yet. When he does in a year or two or three or four, whatever in that time frame, then the Titans are going to have to are going to struggle signing some players, but they're going to have a top flight quarterback who they can depend on, who can kind of not only keep them afloat, but keep their window open. That's what the Browns are looking for. It's probably not Cody Kessler. His time developing in the pocket takes a little too long. I'm not really worried about arm strength per se. I am worried about his internal clock, uh, what this season has done for him when it comes to being the next Derek Carr, not David Carr, uh, Houston Texans quarterback who was beat up so bad that he just never could recover uh, mentally. Tim Couch had a little bit of that as well. And so, again, you know that my prediction is that Robert Griffin III will likely start for the Browns again this season as well as start the season next year. Maybe he's the guy. He can get the ball out of his hands quickly. He can throw it 50 yards down the field. He can run the ball a little bit. But I don't think Hugh Jackson, I don't think the Browns front office, believes that they can depend on Robert Griffin III's health to do much. And so that also means that the Browns are likely to bring in a top-flight quarterback. Again, Kaiser, Watson, Trubisky, uh, even Rudolph can kind of be in that conversation at least. And it's an interesting discussion. Many of you will probably say, there isn't a quarterback worth picking number one overall. And I get that. Some of you are so focused on Miles Garrett, who is likely to be a great edge player. But on the other hand, the conversation I have with a bunch of guys that I really like, Mikey and Ryan and a bunch of guys, is do we want the Browns to have their first choice? See, if the Rams hadn't traded up to number one, the Browns don't trade out of number two this year. See, the Browns, since the Titans had the number one pick, were ready to pick their number one quarterback this year at number two. That was Jared Goff. When they knew that wasn't available, then they traded down. This year, as long as everything goes smoothly, at the number one pick, the Browns will have their pick of quarterbacks. Or do you want them picking from the third, fourth, and maybe even fifth choice that they have? Do you want them risking it at the most important position? Whether you think there's a quarterback or not worth the number one overall pick, you have to ask yourself this question. Is it worth it for the Browns if they think there's a franchise-level quarterback, 
Again, if they, not you, not me, think there's a franchise-level quarterback, is it worth it to risk? Now, obviously, if the Browns had the first and the third, first and fourth, maybe they take a risk. But right now, it looks like the Browns will be first and tenth pick, might be kind of the best option at this point in time. Eagles have an easier run than we thought they would. And so while Miles Garrett can be very good, uh, Bart, the Bardet kid out of Tennessee, the Lawson kid out of Auburn, it's a pretty deep draft and edge players. Is it worth it to risk their number one quarterback for Miles Garrett? Many people would say no, because the quarterback position is that important. Many people would say no in this draft because the edge rushers, the cornerbacks, the free safeties, the areas of big need for the Browns in the defensive end are very, very deep. And right now the Browns would have the first and 10th pick in the second round due to the Titans pick and have a lot of ways to address those needs. But if they have their guy, again, if they have one, Trubisky, Watson, Kaiser, Rudolph, I don't care who, if they have their guy at the top of the draft, do you really want them passing just because you and some analysts and me may not think that guy's worth it? That is going to be a huge test for Browns fans. It's going to be a difficult one because we tend to get our narratives really stuck. And so when the Browns were likely stuck picking Carson Wentz at number two, there were many people yelling and screaming about taking a quarterback out of the FCS and uh, just a size guy and he wasn't ready to compete at this level. And then when they traded, all of a sudden that narrative switched. We can't pass on the quarterback. He's the next Big Ben, he's the next Andrew Luck. He's a big guy. He can throw the ball in our weather. It's interesting how that narrative changed when the option changed. So I expect the same thing to happen. I expect if the Browns have the number one overall pick, or as long as they currently are undefeated throughout this season, I expect the narrative to be the Browns shouldn't pick a quarterback. There's not one worthy. And then if the Browns happen to win a game or two, if they happen to lose out on the number one pick, It would be likely to the San Francisco 49ers, who do need a quarterback as well. And I expect that narrative to start to change. I expect the narrative to be the Browns missed out. The Browns aren't going to get their guy. Sure, they'll get an edge rusher, but that doesn't matter if you don't have a quarterback. It's amazing how narratives can change. But all I know is this. The Browns have won this season by playing the cards the way they wanted to. They're not following anybody else's script. They're not worried about 8-8. Eight and eight. They're not worried about 7-9. and nine. They're not worried about 1-15. They're worried about creating what they believe in. The same way they weren't worried about it with Mitchell Schwartz. They were not going to allow themselves to be played. This Browns organization might be arrogant, but they are certainly doing it their way. And they are in charge. And come the NFL draft, they will once again own the draft in a way that we cannot ever look back and say the Browns have, especially if we get that number one overall pick. All the power will be in their hands with four picks in the top 40 or so. That is a way to develop the team. 
So you may not like it now, Browns fans, but give this team some time. Give this organization some time. I know that the Browns have not given you any reason to trust them. But this organization has done nothing to prove you right. To prove you right that they're not ready, that they're not making good decisions. They have done nothing because their plan is in place and their plan did not involve winning this season. What do you think? What do you think about Joe Thomas and Terrell Pryor's statements? Were they about Mitchell Schwartz and Alex Mack? Or were they about the play calling? Or a combination of all three? What about the quarterback position? What do you see with RG3? What do you think happens if the Browns get the number one overall pick? Where do you see things going? And how do you feel about this team right now at 0-11, staring down the barrel of 0-16? Get a hold of me on Twitter, at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by, and go Browns!